Acts chapter 16 tonight. Acts chapter 16 tonight. Uh, continuing with the thought of keep on keeping on. Last week we talked about keep on playing. They, uh, uh, Israel got in captivity and they were by the rivers of Babylon and they just hung their harps in the trees and said, how can we sing and play in a strange land? Have you ever thought about it? We're strangers. This is not our home. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. And we sang the songs. You've heard the songs sing, and you heard people sing, and we've sung songs. We can still sing, even though we're in a strange land. And then we talked about the musician on the Titanic. He was the leader, the band leader. Anybody remember his name? Yeah, Wallace Hartley. I, I gave you eight names and told you you didn't have to remember. I just wanted, I wanted you to remember the characters of that man and how he just kept on playing. What song did he play the whole time? Near God to Thee. Yeah, it was. I knew you had it. He played that song right up to the point that he could not play anymore. He was hanging on and he looked at this fellow musician and says, Sirs, it's been a real enjoyment playing with you tonight. And I bid you goodbye. And he died. I read later on that that violin that he had, somebody had got it and they gave it to his wife because she had gave it to him before he went on that ship as a gift and he brought it back to it. And I think that's in the museum now where that violin is there now. But the night we're, we're keeping that thought of keep on, on keeping on, keep on, keeping on. And Acts chapter 16 is a very familiar story. If anybody in the Bible that went through it in many problems, it had many uh, obstacles he had to climb over, could say that the Lord had never failed me, it certainly was the Apostle Paul. I do believe that it was the Apostle Paul that wrote in the book of Hebrews that it said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Praise God for that. So in Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse number 19, And when her masters saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and threw, drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Now, a sure enough God called, sure enough God sent men of God will cause some trouble here and there once in a while. And that's what he did. And teach customs which not are lawful for us to receive, neither to reserve being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes, and they commanded to be beaten them. And when they had laid Many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, changing, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet uh, fast in stocks. And I love this. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And the, I wonder what they were singing. 
I kind of thought about that. God, you've been so good. God, you've been there all the time. You said you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. I just, I just wondered what they were praying. But the prisoners heard them singing, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's hands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposedly that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What a wonderful question that people ought to be asking now. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and all that were in his house. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just thank you for each one that's here tonight, Lord. We ask you, Lord, open our hearts, Lord, that we receive the message that you would intend to do, Lord. Empty me of self and fill me of thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. What we have read here is one, is one of the most Famous stories in the ministry of Paul, if we're not the most famous in the life of Paul. You've had heard preachers preach on this from time to time. You've heard preachers preach on the Philippian jailer experience uh, where God rocked the jailhouse. And I just say, like to say this, God was rocking a jailhouse before ever ever thought about rocking a jailhouse. Uh, here we find God rocks a jailhouse and opens the doors and God gets his people out. We have heard this story time and time again. It's amazing to me in spite of all the hindrances in Paul's life, he just keeps on preaching. He just keeps on preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The hindrance and the obstacles don't make him bitter. They do not want to make him quit or shut up. His hindrance and his obstacles Make him want to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ more and more. If you're a child of God tonight, your desire is to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. It should not quench the fires and the trials of our life. But it should give us more fire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, uh, things should light your fire more than you are doing is just right because somebody wants you to do it. It should light your fire knowing that what you're doing is because somebody don't want you to do it. They don't want you to tell them about Jesus. It should light your fire to proclaim the name of Jesus more and more. I mean, Paul has been beaten. In the text, he's whipped with stripes. He's in prison Tried wrongfully, yet he keeps on preaching. Paul gets stoned, he gets shipwrecked three different times, he has been threatened with his life, and yet he just keeps on preaching. Paul has assassination attempts against his life by Jews and others, his own countrymen hating him, but yet he keeps on preaching. Paul has a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet him, to keep him from lest he should be exalted above measure. He fights the devil, and he fights the enemies. And in spite of the problems, in spite of the hindrance, 
Paul just keeps on preaching. Paul just keeps on preaching. Here in the text we find a man that beat him. The man that whipped him. The man that put the stocks on his uh, ankles and his hands and put him not just in the prison but put him in the inner prison which is the worst place to be. This very jailer. Instead of Paul getting out and being bitter and said, hey, hey, buddy, what you've done to me, I'm going to do it to you. Instead of Paul getting bitter and, and, and getting mad and getting angry with this man, Paul's not looking for revenge. Instead, Paul just keeps on preaching. Even to this man who threw him in the inner prison, Paul keeps preaching to him. Paul keeps on preaching. Last week I told you we talked about the Titanic. There was, there was no hope. The ship was sinking. But he just kept on playing. Tonight I'd like to highlight another individual that was on that ship at that time. You've probably heard of him. You probably know of him. But I don't think we all know the true story of John Harper. John Harper, he was a Scottish Baptist preacher. He was born in 1872, and he died in the icy waters that night when the Titanic met its watery grave. This man was saved. He was called of God and preached an early age. He gave his heart, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. When God called him to preach, he began to go all over Europe and preach on the street corners. He preached in missionaries. Wherever they would allow him to preach, he went everywhere he could do as preach the gospel. People heard this man preach, said, Surely the hand of God is on him. Surely the power of God is on him. He's anointed of God because of his preaching. And when he preached, Many people got saved over and over. He preached with the authority of God. He was called by God. Because of him preaching the gospel, they say that his every waking moment was wondering how to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. He's, he was wanting, he, every, his brother even said, his brother was a preacher too. He says every moment he was thinking a house, how he could lead somebody to Christ. So now I don't want to preach on this. Keep on preaching. If you're around John Harper in the morning, he would tell you about Jesus. If you're around him at noontime, he will tell you about Jesus. If you're around him in even time, he will tell you about Jesus. He preached all over Europe, and every year the Titanic was made the trip uh, to the U.S. when the, uh, he, he went to the Moody uh, College in Chicago, and he preached a revival there, and they moved him so much, they moved so much about his preaching that when he went back over there, they sent him a message say, hey, won't you come back and hold a three-month revival in the Moody Church in Chicago. I'd like to highlight some things about this man. His wife died earlier giving birth to their daughter. 
his wife had passed away. And he is a single father, and his daughter had a nanny. The nanny was also his sister-in-law. I'd like to highlight some things that this man, things that this man in his closing hours, he made a mark for God. In his closing hours, he made a dent for Jesus Christ. In the last few moments of his life, he was burning and shining light, sharing the gospel in the lives of those hearts and people that were around him. People heard him as the ship went down. Dealing with this man that just keep on preaching. Let me say this before I start. The moment I said everyone should be a preacher. I understand not everyone's called to be a pastor. Not everyone is called to be a minister. Not everyone is called to be an evangelist. Not everyone is called to stand behind the pulpit. But the Bible says we're all called to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, you're be called a proclaimer of God. That's what you're called. We're all called to do that. Amen. So when I say Keep on preaching. That means you need to keep on proclaiming the name of Jesus no matter where you're at, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the hindrance that you're going through in your life. Keep on preaching. Amen. Keep on preaching in spite of your circumstances. Amen. His circumstances could not be much more worse than what it is right now. The Titanic is going down. There's no doubt about it. It's going down. These circumstances are pretty dire here. There is no hope for survival in this icy water for the most part. The ship is breaking in half and now they're slipping into the frigid water of the Atlantic Ocean. The circumstances look pretty bleak. There's no hope. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Instead of using his circumstances as an opportunity to sit down and stick his thumb in his mouth and shut up and not say a word about what God has done for him, God, he had not act like God died yesterday and act like God has not done a thing for him right. No, he uses his circumstances as a pulpit to tell others, somebody else about Jesus. Let me say this, your circumstances tonight, uh, your problems tonight, uh, your burdens tonight uh, may not be a letdown. It may be a setup by God to give you, to get you an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody that does not know him. Take the truth about this. I read this, the truth about it. John Harper was not even supposed to be on that ship. In fact, he had booked passes a week earlier to come back to the United States to the Moody Church in Chicago. But he had heard about this fantastic voyage, once-in-a-lifetime trip on this new ship, this floating luxury palace. And he said, well, uh, let me go there. And there's friends got a hold of him and says, you know, we got this feeling in our heart that something's bad. We don't want you to go there. He said, but if it's God's will, I'll get on that ship. And little did he know it was God's will for him to get on that ship. He was not even supposed to be on that boat when it went down. His friends had told him about it. But he took the circumstances as an opportunity 
bring glory and honor to God. Eyewitnesses accounts heard that heard John Harper say this as he was standing on the deck. They, they said it, 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 it's rained in their ears and they can't get it out of. He was standing on the deck. They knew he was a preacher. He was standing on the deck. Women and children and unsaved to the lifeboats. He kept saying that. Women and children and unsaved to the lifeboats. He knew that they were going down. He knew that, hey, if you were unlost and you were dying, you were going to hell. He was trying to get those even unsaved on a lifeboat to get a chance to be saved. He was spreading the gospel. Our witness said, Count, he picked his daughter up, set her in a lifeboat with the nanny, and kissed her on the head. And he, she said, I remember my daddy. He spun around and he started preaching. Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He went up and down the deck uh, uh, screaming that out and yelling that out, preaching the message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, he was telling people about Jesus Christ even in the circumstances were dire. He knew that he was going to die, but yet he was still a shining light for God. It was the message of a dying preacher. Can I say it that way? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. In his dying breath, he was trying to point sinners to God. He was trying to point sinners to Jesus. He did not let his circumstances take him down. But he let the light of the gospel shine. He let the light of the gospel shine through him. Listen to me. Listen. God may be using your circumstance in your life right now so that somebody can hear the message of the gospel. Peter said this, Beloved, think not strange concerning the fire trials that which you try you as though some strange things happened unto you, but rejoicing as much as you are partakers of Christ, suffering that his glory shall be revealed, that you may be glad also exceedingly joy. Your desire should be that God gets the glory out of your circumstances. No matter what you're going through, God should get the glory out of it. Amen. You shouldn't sit around. Your circumstances shouldn't get you set down, stick your thumb up and say, I'm not going to do that more. God ain't loving me. Why did God let me go through this? God is trying to use you to bring about a light in this dying world so somebody might hear the gospel. You know, I find this, circumstances bring out either the worst in somebody or the best out of somebody. It, it was even said, I read on the, it was one man that actually went down the ship and took women's clothing and dressed up like a woman and tried to get on a uh, lifeboat. They called him. In fact, at this time, there was not a regulation. They didn't have enough lifeboats to carry everybody that was on that ship. So they knew some people were going down. So he went and got a dress and, and put it on and act like a woman there. 
It said one man, uh, he was just so uh, uh, push and bar-headed that he, he just started throwing people out of the way. He was uh, afraid. He didn't want to die. He was pushing women out of the way. He was pushing children out of the way. And it said one of the crewmen that was on the lifeboat pulled out his gun and shot him. It brought out the worst in him. It said the richest man on the boat at that time tried to bribe the people to let him on that lifeboat. See, the circumstances brought out the worst in them, but let me just say this. If the circumstances brought out the best that was in John Harper, and can I tell you what the best was in John Harper? Was Jesus Christ. And he let it come out. He wasn't ashamed. In fact, he kept saying, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Keep on preaching in spite of your circumstances, in spite of what you're going through, in spite of your problems and troubles. Just keep on preaching. John Harper had something on inside of him, that circumstances of troubles. Did not bring out the worst in him, but it brought out the best in him. He kept on preaching in spite of his circumstances. He kept on preaching in spite of the crowd. In spite of, what do you mean, preacher, in spite of the crowd? They said John Harper was walking up and down the ship deck, yelling men and women and, ch uh, women and children unsaved to the lifeboats. And as, as he was walking up and down the deck, he was saying, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. They said there was a man that walked up to him and began to tell him, Shut up! Nobody wants to hear that. Can't you see our nerves are shot? Can't you see there's problems? We're distraught. We got something going on. Shut up! Nobody wants to hear that. John Hopper had a life vest on. He looked at that man. He noticed he didn't have a life vest. John Harper went like this. Sir, I perceive that you need this more than I will. And gave him his life vote. Turn right around and start preaching again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved. Hey, if that would have been some modern day Baptist sitting there, as soon as they said, shut up, I don't want to hear it, we'd have been, I don't care. I ain't going to say another word. You know what he said to me? I'm just, I ain't saying another word. We'd have been, we'd have went down with the boat with a thumb stuck in our mouth and mad at the world. God, why did you bring me on this ship? Amen. Amen. That would have been us. Not John Harper, no. That man had God and God had him. Can I say this? Do you have God? Does God got you? You're not, not going to be able to face that kind of circumstance. You're not going to go through that kind of trial if you don't got God right now. Let me just say, these little problems we face in our life right now, we think, oh, they stumped my toe. They shut the door. They won't let us meet. Oh, we're going to, no. Wait till they pull you out in the streets. Recant. Deny him. Or die. John Harper said that. He sold out. 
He did not let the crowd deter him from what God wanted him to do. God wanted him. <laughs> you got to see this. He didn't have to be on that ship. He wasn't booked for that ship, but he changed it. God is at work. God knew what was going to happen down the road. God knew that something bad was going to happen. God knew that there was had to be somebody there to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ to those that's lost and dying. Let me just say this. God knows there's something wrong here. God knows this ship is going down. God knows there's heartache down the road. But he needs somebody now to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. We need some more John Hoppers today. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what people say. The ministry and the things of God are just too big. It's just too big. Because you must be doing something right when somebody comes to you and tells you to be quiet. Let me just say this. If you don't want people, if you don't want people to come against you, if you don't want people to come to you, you do three things. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. You do those three things in your walk with God, you'd say nothing, you do nothing, and you be nothing, and nobody will say a word to you. Uh, nobody will come against you. But right at this moment, just believe this, put it down in your book right now. The first time you start saying something about God, doing something about God, and being something about God, the devil's going to come up against you, and this world's going to come up against you. You better be ready to stand. Against this world. Just keep on preaching. I, I read this story years ago. A man was digging a well and he got a hole pretty real deep down there. He walked away, heard this awful noise, horrible noise. He didn't know what it was. He went back and his donkey done fell down in the well. His friend said, Hey, Surely he's lame. There ain't no use. Let's just cover him up now and dig another hole. So his friends said, okay, we'll do it. So they're, they're shoveling dirt in, and they're shoveling dirt in. And down in that little hole, that little, that little donkey, as soon as that dirt gets on his back, he shake it off and step up on top of it. They were throwing the dirt down there. He just <clears throat> step on top of it. They kept throwing that, doing that, and the next thing you know, the donkey steps up out of the hole. It doesn't matter what the world says to you. Shake it off. Just like John Harper says, sir, the boat might be going down, but I'm going up. Shake it off. Step up and keep on going. Amen. He kept on preaching no matter what the circumstances were. Keep on preaching no matter what the crowd. Keep on preaching no matter what the conclusion may be the conclusion yeah the conclusion is he dies he drowns in the icy waters of the Atlantic you say what a glorious conclusion to a story he just preached right up to his point that the, he went down it was said that even in the water, 
he was holding on to a plank and it said people that was in the boat you got to get this picture I mean this hit me hard I'm picturing this ship about to break in half I'm seeing Wallace Harley playing that violin near to God to thee here's this John Harper preacher in the water holding on the log believe in the Lord Jesus Christ thou shalt be saved and they said every time he come by somebody sir are you saved sir are you saved you got to picture this the, the, the conclusion is he knows he's dying he knows he's this this is his icy water grave. He knows he's going down. He knows this is the end, but he's not shutting up. He's preaching to his last breath. Let me just say this. Wouldn't it be good that we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ when we take our last breath? We're witness to somebody or being a light to somebody as we cross over to the next world. Amen. They had a reunion. Four years after that for those who survived, not those who died. In Canada. And they were standing around, they were telling all the, their events, what happened to them, where they were at, what was going on, what they could remember. Can you imagine this is probably a, a site that you're not going to remember too much because it's just, no, it was panic. It was panic going on. They was all standing up giving an account to what was going on. They said one man stood up. Calville, I think his name was. George Calville. He stood up. He says, Sirs, ma'ams, I am the last known convert of John Harper. He says, I'm the last one. He said he gave his story. He was floating in that icy water. You get about 20 to 40 minutes in that frigid cold water, hypothermia sets in, you're, you're going to the bottom. You can't hold it. He was holding on this log. And he said a current just happened to bring John Harper by his way. He said, sir, are you saved? He said, no. And he started to present the gospel and the current took him away. And there he's thinking about John Harper and he's thinking about what he said and all that stuff. He says, by faith, uh, by God's will, the current brought John Harper back to him and says, Sir, are you saved? He says, No. He says, All you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He said, Right then and there I bowed my head and I asked the water. I said, Lord, save me. Save me. He said, I got saved. And he says, I know I'm the last convert because I've seen John Harper as he's floated away. He could not hold on to that piece of wood he had any longer. And he slipped down into the water. To his dying breath, he was proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. Us? Oh, it's too hot outside. I sweat perspiring. Hey, I'm ain't I right? Let's go out Saturday knock on doors. Oh, then I got this going on. I got that going on. Let's go proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm with you. In, I love this. I love this. You got to love this. Let's go and witness to somebody. Well, I can't, but I'm with you in spirit. I don't need your spirit. Your spirit ain't going to do me one bit of good. <laughs> 
I need his spirit, amen. I just need your help, amen. He said, well, what difference do we make? What kind of difference will I make? John Harper made a big difference. If he only got one, one is enough. One is enough. You've heard the story about the starfish. Instead of water washed up in the shores and washed all these hundreds and hundreds of starfish up on the shore, they couldn't get back down to the water. A man was just kicking them out like that, kicking them out. And he looked ahead of him, and there was this little boy picking one up, throwing it back in the water. Where's your run? Pick up another, throwing it back in the water. And man said, boy, what are you doing? I'm putting these back in the water. He said, turn around. He turned around and says, you missed a bunch. As you look ahead of you, there's plenty ahead of you. You're not going to make a difference to anything right now. That boy reached down up and chunked that thing back in the water. He says, it made a difference to that one. Are you going to make a difference to one? Are you going to make a difference to one? I, I want you to remember John Harper. I want you to dwell on him. That his circumstances didn't ball him up, curl him up, says, Lord, why did you bring me here? But he let his circumstances become a shining light when those who need it the most. And let me just say this, wherever you at, God's going to put somebody in your pathway. You need to be that shining light because they might need it the most right then and there. Be a shine of light. Preach. Keep on preaching. Just keep on keeping on. Amen.